How did you end up with a black girl? You're going to love this. Um, for the past eight years, she was my porn star obsession. And literally, she was like my stronghold. Like the devil, the devil had, like anytime I would masturbate to porn, it was this girl. Does she control you? No. She actually believes in the order. We talk about everything that you talk about every day. And it's funny because she jokes and she's like, ever since you joined this women bashing uh, cult, <laughs> Uh, things been different. Welcome to the Father State. I am Jesse Peterson. The Father State is on Patreon. Click the little Patreon link in the description to support our work. Very interesting guest again today. I have with me. Hassan, he is a rapper and a producer who has worked with Kanye West and Nick Cannon. Just to mention a few, Hassan, thanks for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. In uh, preparing to talk to you, I was looking at some of the videos and things. I was surprised. You seem so laid back and and kind of quiet and kind of, you know... <laughs> Beta. <laughs> I was surprised to hear to hear you rap and speak up and uh, you don't see. Is there another side to you that we, people just don't know? Yeah, I think um, just I try to be respectful and uh, and and maybe the respect sometimes makes me kind of uh, seem shy or whatever. Yeah. But, but also, one of my first mentors always told me to that you can be a Padawan, a Jedi, and a Yoda, just right. depending on the situation. Oh, okay. And so in certain situations, I think I am the Yoda, and most of the times I'm the Jedi, but in times when I'm in front of the real Yoda, like you, oh, I'm, I'm Padawan and I'm listening, so. It was kind of nice to see that because some people reveal who they are right away. Yeah. But most people would be surprised to know that you can stand up for yourself if you had to. Yes, sir. Uh, do women misunderstand you at times because you seem so... I, I almost want to use the word docile, but I, <laughs> that's a real beta. That's real beta. Sure. But I won't. Uh, do we, are women surprised to know you're not as pushover or no. soft as you seem? It's funny because I think I was, and now just oh. now coming and, and listening to you, um, I've made a huge... Uh, uh, change, I think, just in the past couple months. Oh, right but I think, I think I definitely was. Like you say, I, I definitely was one that made God, uh, made women my God. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and yeah, and I think it stems from, like, again, the family and understanding the root of it. So, yeah, I think, and also being an artist, managers and agents, they actually make money off of men being beta. Yeah. Like in it's because yeah. it helps. It actually, they they make you think that like um, all these things is better for an artist, like to be vulnerable and to be weak and to. Oh really? You know, yeah. Well, it's why like Drake is like the like all I love Drake, but <laughs> I'm saying it's like that's that kind of vibe is uh, has been definitely um, you know uh, pushed. And is it an agenda? Probably. Just yeah. like we talk about the gay agenda. Yeah. Just like we talk about, um, you know, 
Yeah, it's probably all an agenda. So in the, in the uh, entertainment world, at least the part you're dealing with, they are teaching the man to be weak and submissive like that? I don't think necessarily teaching them, but you definitely get rewarded, I think, for it. And I don't think there's anybody there to fix the problem because they make money off of the problem. Yeah. Just like yeah. you talk about there's no such thing as isms. Right. But they make money off of it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and if, if there's, there's money in the disease, not in the cure. Yeah. So. Do the guys recognize that they are being that way, kind of soft and weak, and, or is it a norm to them? That's a good question. I don't know, because I know me for years, I think I was, sub, I was like, it was subconscious. I was unconscious. Yeah. yeah. Like, even that, learning about being conscious, like yeah. you were saying, and stepping outside of your body and noticing yourself while you're doing the yeah. bad thing, yeah. like, that in itself will make you be like, yo, I'm bugging. Like, why <laughs> am I doing that? I know. And it's just so, it is important to be the observer. Yep. And a lot of times when you're in it, I don't think people are noticing it. So yeah. I think a lot of artists are being manipulated um, by whoever, managers, agents, fan, fans, or whoever. Yeah. Um, and they don't even know, you know, where to, what they're doing. I remember when Beyonce's husband beat him up in an elevator. <laughs> yeah. No, Beyonce's sister. Yes, a lot, yeah. Beat up the husband, yeah. the brother-in-law, Beyonce. Yeah. I mean, what's his name? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. Yeah. He got beat up in the elevator and he didn't do anything. He didn't, but I will say that he definitely handled it in a very, the way he caught her foot and like Bruce lead it was kind of like. That was know. the little alpha? It was smooth. Oh. I don't know, but it was kind of smooth because it, it definitely could have got crazy. Yeah. But. Amazing. So uh, I want to ask you uh, about your family history. Very interesting. So are you uh, Iranian? Yeah. So my, my dad was born in Baghdad, Iraq. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I yeah. never met anyone from there. I mean, you know, born there or whatever. Yeah. Or connection to that. Um, you know, when I first met you, I thought your personality was like a Buddhist personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I understand. And so I read that um, your grandfather was beheaded. Yes. By Saddam Hussein's uh, regime in Iraq. Yep. That is amazing. Yeah. And uh, it happened when your father was seven years old? Correct. And so what was it like for your father to know that that happened to his father? Well, yeah, I think, um, so my dad had like 15 brothers and sisters and, um, and pre-Saddam Hussein, my grandfather, his dad was in the parliament. So he was like a prime minister type of thing in the government. Right. And, uh, and then, yeah, when Saddam came in with the dictatorship, he basically just you know, bodied everybody and took over. Uh -huh. But it was interesting because at that point, they became political refugees. They, they had to flee um, Iraq, the mother and the 15 brothers and sisters. And so he had 15 children by the same woman? Uh, my grandfather? Yeah. Yes. Wow. So we had to stop because he had on a noisy jacket from China. <laughs> But it's okay. Life goes on. Um, so your father, I mean, your grandfather beheaded by Saddam folks. Yeah. 
And did your father see that at the time? Uh, he was in the house. So the, I guess whoever it was, the berets or whatever the army regime was, they yeah. literally pulled him out of the house in the middle of the night. So they were in the house. And he told me a crazy story. The next night, the mother was like, we have to leave. And in the middle of the night, they were getting ready to leave. And my dad was like, I want to grab my toy, like his ducks or something. Yeah. And the mother was like, no, you can't take anything because they'll know that we left. Oh. So it was like they had to just like get out of there. And they, um, yeah, and they started living with the, uh, there's a group of people called the Kurdish people. Yeah. And they're like kind of neutral. I guess they're similar to like Amish, like right. here. But... Um, Obviously not religious but, uh, similarities, but uh, so they lived everywhere. They had to, for seven years. They were like political refugees. They lived in Syria, Jordan, Egypt for two years. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, so were you born here? I was. Yeah. And so how old were you when they told you about this? My dad told me probably when I was seven, eight. Oh yeah. Yeah. And did it impact you in any way? I don't think I really understood at the time, um, but it was interesting because my mother is, was always very Christian. She was originally Roman Catholic, right. but she's always just been like a Jesus junkie. Right. And um, so she was like definitely pushing like Christianity in the house. Oh. And my dad, being Muslim, would never really say anything. He would just do his own thing. He never right. pushed it. But it kind of made me more interested yeah. because... He, he never said anything about it. So I was always be like, what are you doing? Like, you know, and watching it. So, but it's interesting. I've learned probably, I mean, before meeting you, I probably learned more about Jesus through the Quran than the Bible. Oh, yeah. They mentioned Jesus in the Quran more than in the Bible. Amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, so I, I, why your mother would be praising the Lord. Yeah. I mean, your father, what, your, your mother would be praising the Lord. The father would be bowing down to Allah? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Two different religions in one home. What a mess. I know. <laughs> a mess. <laughs> and so did you become a Muslim at any time? No. Uh, were you just neutral? Or did you become a Christian or what? I was always Christian oh, because my mom, again, would always say we're going to church on Sunday and... Um, I'd go to Bible studies throughout the week. And then in high school, I actually went to a Christian high school because they had a really good basketball program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, so man. I just, yeah, so I went there. And so um, your father didn't mind your mother being a Christian? No, I guess not. Are they still living? They are. Really? And are legally, they're still together, but they've been, they separated when I was in middle school, yeah. or like early high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. So do you see your father sometimes? Yes, sir. Yeah, are you close to him? Yes. Uh, did you grow up close to him? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Who are you closest to, your father or your mother? Uh, I would say both. I would say, yeah, equal. Equal? Yeah. And how is that equal? Um, I think I share with them equal. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So when you have issues growing up, would you talk to your father about them or your mother? Or no one? Hmm. Hmm. 
I'm still alive, but I'm bad at breathing. <laughs> I don't know. I got to think about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> you never thought of that before? No. I, I don't, yeah. I remember when I was growing up, I would, it seemed like I would have been closer to my grandmother and uh, my grandfather. I mean, my grandmother, then my grandfather, and then my mother and father. But when I think about it, I wasn't really, I was close to them, but not really close to them. In that, I never talked to them about anything. Right. You know, I never went to them about girls or yeah. anything that I was going through. So I, ne I never talked to them about anything. I, I also didn't think it was a bad thing. I just, I didn't think they did not love me or anything. It's just that I didn't grow up around people who were always complaining, you know, about right. the issues. They just kind of dealt with stuff. And yeah. I think I just picked it up like that. Hmm. That's interesting. I think that's probably, yeah. That's why I'm trying to remember, but I think that's probably the same thing. And so are your 15 uh, aunts and uncles still alive? I've only met two of them. Oh, really? Because only two of them have ever come to America. Wow. Yeah. Out of the whole 15? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would you like to meet them? I would. And I, there's a lot of birthday gifts that I need backlog. <laughs> you know what I mean? So That's if we right. ever do meet. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so have you ever gone to Iraq? No. Would you like to go? I would. I would uh, because I, I think it's interesting that... Iraq was Babylon, which was Mesopotamia, which was first, you know, like civilization and all yeah. these things. So it's very interesting that everyone's holy land, well, Christians, Jews, and Muslims, is all in this same area. Right. Like yeah. circumference. And it's also weird that like when people say, oh, you're Middle Eastern or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But what does that mean? Right. Middle Eastern? Like... Like, it's weird that they don't even put, like, a, like a <laughs> continent to it. They just call it, like, this is the Middle East. And I think that's strategically, they didn't want to economically empower Africa. That's my belief system. Oh. Uh, because, really, the only thing that separates the Middle East and Africa is the Suez Canal or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's man-made. They that's ma interesting. They man-made that to separate the two. And I think they did that for, like economic reasons and a lot of people just didn't want their holy land to be if we're being honest to say that it was in Africa because right. of like people having evil or whatever or hatred in the heart but so that's kind of my whole perspective on like that area is being like yeah is the most of religion is that a good religion or bad religion uh, it seems it seems at its core um, awesome. It does? It seems like oh, okay. What do they think about black people? The I don't know. Who, what, behind closed doors, what are they really thinking about black people? I don't know, but every time I listen to the minister, uh, Minister Farrakhan, yeah. um, everything he pretty much says, I won't say I necessarily agree with all that he says, but there's a lot that I say ah, sounds, pretty, uh, sounds pretty good. But Farrakhan is not a real Muslim. He's like a made up. Oh, yeah, nation of Islam? Yeah. yeah. It's not the real deal. The real deal is Middle Eastern, as you right. say. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. Farrakhan is not real, and he's wicked. Mm. Because Farrakhan teaches people to hate. Mm. And he said that white people came from a, a lab. Huh. That white, that black people, there's, he said that black people are the first people on earth. And that they're I think very, that's a fact. Very smart and stuff. Yeah. And that they turned, a couple of black men turned evil and went into a laboratory and created the white man. And that's how we came up with the blue-eyed devil. Wow. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard of Anunnaki's? No. Yeah. Who's Anunnaki's? I don't know. It's kind of the same wavelength as that, like reptilians and they think uh, white people are like reptilians. So do you believe that about what Farrakhan, I just told you they said? That. I don't know, but I think that, I will say that Malcolm X, I think, was taught a lot of that stuff. And then when he finally went to Mecca and did the, uh, yeah. the Hajj, yeah. he saw white people with blue eyes, blonde hair, doing the same walk as him. And yeah. he was like, yo, I've been, yeah, I've been told that white man's mm -hmm. devil, and now I'm walking with these white people with, for Muhammad. And then I, my belief, and probably got to be careful with this, but because uh, I got love for the nation, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I think he came back and was like, yo, I'm going to talk this talk. Yeah. And I think people were like, yo, if you talk that talk, yeah, they it's hate for over yeah. for you, so like relax, and so. But that's again, that's why I love you so much because you are fighting the good fight, and it's you know, it's just yeah, it's beautiful when people do that. Yeah. So let me ask: uh, Do you believe that at all that that's true that black people created white people, and that's why we? End, do you even think that's a possibility? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't have. I don't. I don't got enough information. I don't. I don't think. But just so. think about this. He said, "There were some black people who turned evil, went into a laboratory, and created the white man, the blue-eyed devil." Wow. You think that's even a possibility? I, anything's possible. How is that possible? But I'm not rolling with it. But I mean, but. It can't even be possible. All human beings came from God, yeah. not from another man. Yeah, for sure. So how can that be possible, though? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm not rolling. <laughs> but I do. But there's some stuff the minister says I do like. Like what, for example? Um, well, I know for sure, like, he talks a lot about, um, uh, like, having your own land and being next to a clean, clean stream of water and, you know, farming and, you know, these type of things. But he's talking about that because he wants a separate nation from white people. He believes that white people are evil and that they are responsible for the destruction of blacks. Mm. And so it's not like, when I tell people to go buy a piece of land, I want you to be independent on some of this land because right. it's our land. We should all own a piece if we can. Not to separate them, right. but to especially for men to become independent and lead the way rather than following. Yeah. But he has a different story. Have you ever listened to him? I have, yeah. And you like him? I, a lot of I mean, that not said, like him, but you like his message? A lot of what he said, yeah. When I was, uh, I moved to L.A., I used to listen to him in, uh, at the forum and other places. I believe that stuff, too, so it wasn't until I was able to see that and I realized he was lying to us. 
Mm. He was teaching hatred and not love. Mm. And he always taught it to people who um, uh, were already angry. Mm. And that way you can see where you're coming from. But let me ask, I noticed that Muslims won't speak out against radical Islam. Why is that? Yeah, I think that's a problem. Uh, and why do you think they are not speaking out? Because uh, I think a lot of times, like same thing you said about the Christians going to church one for one hour on Sunday and then I hop and what are you doing the rest of the week? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think people don't like holding people accountable. Yeah, like I said something that was really dangerous uh, last summer, and oh, you know, in an hour they're 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 gonna have the verdict for Derek for the. George oh, Floyd thing. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Because uh, my girlfriend lives in Minnesota, so there's like National Guard deployed and everything, so it's like they're getting ready. Because yeah, they know. It's, it's a mess over there. Yeah, and they know it's like it, this keeps the whole circus rolling. Yeah. So they want all this to they go. They want on. all this. Yeah. Absolutely. And then people are falling for it. That's what's I, so yeah. weird. It's weird that we as a people always fall for the low hanging fruit every yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah. But. Uh, what were we saying? About the Islam people not oh, standing yeah. up against radical Islam. Because people don't want to keep hold people accountable. Yeah. It's strange. It's strange that people don't uh yeah, don't want to do that. So your girlfriend black? She is. Wow. Wow. You need a, you know once you go black, you can't go back. Oh, I've been yeah, I've been yeah. <laughs> that was the one thing that I definitely learned from the minister. <laughs> <laughs> What made you decide to date a black guy? Are you black? No. Do you consider yourself as being black? No, I consider myself being Iraqi, and oh. my mom's just like, oh, okay. like a white lady. And so, <laughs> oh, your mother's like a white woman? Yeah. Is she white? She is. Oh, your mother's white? Yeah. Living in Iraq? No. Oh. No, she lives here. She lives, well, oh, she she's lives from in Florida. Here. Yeah, she's born in America. Oh, I see. Appalachia Mountains. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so your father came over here and got himself a white woman? Yeah. So he was, it's funny because you always talk about aliens. And when I was little, people would say, do you believe in aliens? I was like, yeah, my dad was one for, you know, <laughs> eight years. But no, he legally married her and became. Really? Yeah. Uh, how did you end up with a black girl? Um, well, this particular one is interesting because... You're gonna love this. Um, for for the pa for the past eight years, she was my porn star obsession, and literally she was like my stronghold. Like the devil, the devil had like anytime I would masturbate to porn, it was this girl. Really? Yeah, to the point to where like any girl that I dated uh, during this time was like. A bootleg version of her, <laughs> but I, uh, I, what the? yeah. And now I'm dating her, and it's amazing because. Uh, but you're also gonna love this. She has two kids, and oh man, yeah, I know this is. Uh -uh. It gets. It's gonna get sad here in a second. But the point is, <laughs> the first time that I held her daughter, because we were, it was cold, and we were holding, and uh, and I was like. 
it was like the first moment of realizing like what we're meant to be. Like you always talk about like we've been a family, even though it's not, I understand it's not my right. kids. Yeah. But because I also now have been talking about that, that they're going to resent me for any time and attention or love that she gives to me. The kids are going to be absolutely. Man. But I, just to finish this point, um, that moment of unconditional love of realizing like what we're meant to do as as men. It was so bizarre that this person who the devil had a stronghold on me for years, God delivered that exact person to me to show me unconditional love. Amazing. And it's weird because unconditional love, I always say this thing, everybody wants it, but nobody's willing to give it. And how would you define unconditional love? What does that mean? Like you always say, like, what is it to be a man? Yeah. Protect and provide. Yeah. And put something before yourself. And I've been very selfish individual. I still am, but... Are you spoiled? Why are you so selfish? Maybe. Maybe I have been in a sense. Yeah. Did your parents spoil you in any way? Maybe they have, but I also think that, like, God spoiled me in a way. Oh, I see. Like, being here right now, like, these are dreams of mine. So, like... Amazing. yeah. Yeah. So, I think... Yeah, I'm definitely, I feel blessed and highly favored. Right on. Yeah. And so this woman you're with, is she older than you? No, younger. She's been married before? Yeah. Have you been married before? No. Any children? No. So why would you uh, do a fresh start rather than uh, getting involved with an old car? Because of that, it was, this was like another, like I said, this interview's a dream. She was a dream. Oh, I see. For years. Like, you yeah. live with her? No. And so does she control you? No. She actually believes in the order. We talk about everything that you talk about every day. And it's funny because she jokes and she's like, ever since you joined this women bashing uh, cult, <laughs> uh, things have been different. And I was like, she's joking though. She's a comedian kind of. Uh, uh, but no, but she believes in the order. She understands like, uh, yeah. So. So are you going to stay with her? Now that you know the right way? Um, I'm learning to apply what you're saying to the situation. Right. Meaning what? Meaning, um, like, I def like thinking about the children most importantly. Yeah. So like even if she's on the phone with me, I'd be like, yo, are you with the kids? Call me when they sleep. Like, you know what I mean? Don't, I, I, because that was so interesting when you said that, when you said they will resent you yeah. for taking the attention and love because they need that. So, because you'll notice like kids, even if it's the real man and woman, the kid will say like, don't kiss. Yeah. Because there's like Darwin's theory of yeah. like, the son is in love with the mother concept. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that, but uh, but it's interesting that when ever since you, I've always seen uh, noticed that, but when you said it, it really, yeah, it made sense. Um, so she see that you're different in what way? Who? Your girlfriend. What do you mean? She said ever since you've been coming here. Oh yeah. You've been a little different. Yes. In what way? I said we got to stop having sex out of wedlock. Oh, and what did she say about that? What the? <laughs> <laughs> No, um, uh, 
yeah, she was like, okay, like, why, and this and that. And I said, well, look, it's not even so much about, and this is me trying to make it easy on her and myself, <laughs> so I'll preface it with that. But I said, it's not so much about the act of the sex. It's about the act of the sex if we're not conscious about it. And we, not married. And not married. But when you said that, it's so important because people do have sex just like a drug to yeah. get away. Yeah. Or to be unconscious. But, um, yeah, so just trying to be more present in the moment and understanding. And it actually makes you not uh, want to revert to it as much. Absolutely. And it's amazing. It's the awareness of it. The one thing I realized about sex before marriage that I didn't know before, human beings don't understand the wickedness of having sex before marriage. Uh, men don't understand the wicked power that women have over them with sex it is evil. Sex and you, dealers. And you, yeah, and you're not going to recognize until you really come out of it and you start observing, you'll see that uh, you really bring hell and damnation on yourself when you have sex before marriage, especially men. And that's why it's best to do it right, be right, and do it right, and that way you would never, uh, the woman can never control you with that. Because a lot of times when men wake up now and they decide, you know what, I got to stop. I'm not going to do this. Because they see not to do it. The women go nuts. And they're like, you don't love me. You don't pay attention to me. You don't treat me the way you used to. You never say you, don't lo you love me, right? And what they're saying is, I'm losing control over you. I can't handle that. Yep. I'm going nuts because I don't have the control over you. They say one thing, but they mean another about it. Yep. Absolutely. I noticed that in, this is just my observation, but in Kanye and Kim's situation, when he made her his God, yeah. he went through so much trials and tribulations of anger and sadness and depression yeah. and mental hospital, and he, that was his God. Yeah. And then the minute he did find God again, two years ago when he was born again, right. now he's not seeking love from the woman and he's got the love from the source. Yep. And now, like you said, mama don't like that. Not at and all. And will do anything to destroy the family. They will lie on you. They will make up stuff. They, I mean, there's no end to her destruction when you stop letting the woman be your God. Yeah. Because Satan is her God, right? So she can't help it. But let me ask, I know uh, you're a producer and rapper. How did you come to know or get involved with Damien Dash? and Kanye West. How did that happen? So uh, I started years ago, I started an internship for Nick Cannon, um, who actually, one of Nick Cannon's like close friends is also a pastor and reminds, I, he reminds me of you so huh? much. But, uh, and Nick was actually one of the first people to also uh, bring me back to Christ when I first came out here. Right. Because his dad, and they're really religious. His brother was actually going to come with me because he's a big fan oh, also. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I started interning for Nick. And then through that, um, I met somebody who worked with Kanye. And then for years, I kind of just was uh, working with good music, his label, his music label, and just doing beats and doing production stuff. And then... Uh, 2018, we were in Wyoming for 
Kanye's album release party. Right. And uh, Dame was out there. And um, yeah, and then we just kind of started talking and he was like, hey, come to my gallery in Burbank, you know, and we started just working on stuff from there. Amazing. And he thought I was just a producer. And then I started playing him songs and he goes, you rap? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, does Kanye know about this? And I was like, well, you know, I don't like to push my agenda when I'm in Wyoming working for him. <laughs> that's the quickest way to get yeah, kicked out. That's right. So he said, no, 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 no. These songs are dope. And he called Kanye right then and there and was like, you need to come listen to Hassan's album. And then Kanye came. Amazing. And then we filmed the whole thing. So that was cool. What is... Uh his per, uh, Kanye West, what's his personality like when it's one-on-one? Man, like, just a beautiful spirit. Very present, very locked in, um, and just amazing. Like, just so much energy. Like, it's like, it's like, how do you do so much? You know what I mean? It's like, it can only be like the spirit of God to be able to get as much done as like certain people get done. Like you. You do morning shows, you're doing this. It's like, that is like being tapped into the, to some. Is he a patient like that? Is, does he have patience? Uh, well, it's interesting because seeing him when he's not around Dame is different than when he is around Dame. In what way? Uh, he seems more patient when around Dame. Oh. But that's because Dame is his like, uh, like OG and like his mentor, like his original mentor. Oh, okay. Who signed him? Oh, I got so you. So it's interesting that dynamic. Yeah. What is it like for you working with black people? Because I'm, black people are not very patient. They're not, you know, if you are honest with not all, not all, not all, but more. But if you're honest with them, they go off. They don't want to. Like I'm surprised in, in, you, in your song you use the N word. Yeah. And not being white, but you seem to get away with it because you don't have any fear, I guess. But yeah, it's not easy working with blacks. It's amazing working with the blacks. Yeah, is it because you're able? To, why? Why? Well, these like these people, Kanye, Dane, these are superheroes to me. So, like, um... oh, because. So you can work with them because they're superheroes? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. They're not, they not even like, you know, yeah, they're like the Avengers to me. Oh, I see. <laughs> what have you learned, good or bad, about the music industry that you didn't realize until you got into it? Yeah, not realize until you start to get into it. I think I always knew that it was like an Illuminati, New World Order, uh, <laughs> like, kind of thing. But the difference is, when I was younger... I was kind of with it. You were with it? I was like, all right, this is cool. Like, I've seen Eyes Wide Shut, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, but now I understand that it's just not worth it. Like, it's not, um, it's not the, like, it's not perfect peace, like right. you talk about. You yeah. know, it's like you, it never ends. It's like the isms. Yeah. It's just the rainbow that, like, the hamster in the wheel. And so you are being careful not to get caught up with all that? Yeah, I'm, I'm careful of that. And now I'm just, and I always did it unconsciously because God, I think, always 
knew my heart, but now I'm really doubling down on just doing absolutely what I know is the right thing. Right on, man. Even if people are like, don't do that. That's uh-huh. going to get you, like, canceled. Right. And that's going to get you this. It's all fear tactics so that you don't walk in the light. Yep, 100%. So are you a slut maker? Man, I'm <laughs> glad you asked. Absolutely was, for sure. But no longer? No longer. A slut maker? No longer. <laughs> No longer. What is it like not being a slut maker anymore? Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Very difficult, though. In, in what way? Just, you know how you say do the silent prayer twice a day? I'm doing it like seven, eight times a day. <laughs> so, Especially with your line of work. Oh, yeah, a lot of slots. <laughs> so you do rap music and normal music? Um... What what's what is the normal music? Uh, you don't even know what it is. I do. But uh, non-rap. I do sing with auto tune. You ever heard of this thing, auto tune? No. It's amazing. Oh, it is. Yeah. Let me hear it. I, I don't have it. Oh, what does that mean? It's basically you sing. It makes you to where you can sing, but uh, it kind of sounds like a little bit like an alien voice. Are you singing into a machine or something? They've actually made videos of you on YouTube with your voice with auto tune on it. Really? Someone will show it to you later. Oh, okay. It's amazing. You guys seen that? Have you, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard this song? I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. I pray to a God that I do believe in. I got time, but she got freedom. Can you sing like that? With the auto-tune, you can do amazing you things. You look like that kind of guy that would sing that kind of music. I wish. I want to so bad. And why don't you? I do. I have a couple like, uh, they call it alternative music. I have a couple of those type of songs. Oh, they call that alternative music? I think. Oh. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really into the genres and stuff. I just... Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm really a poet at heart. More like, you, you, may, you remember oh. Jim Morrison? Yeah. Lizard King? So you like that. That's why I wore the leathers today. <laughs> I need oh, to get some new pair, but... And so let me ask, uh, how would you describe yourself? Um, humble servant. Humble servant. Amazing. And so you released this track called Sand Inward. <laughs> what did that mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, You're the only person, non-black person on earth that can do that. And I mean, anybody can do it that wants to do it and had the nerve to do it, but you're the only one that are doing that. What does that mean and why? So when I was uh, 16, um, cops raided my mom's house and found 15 guns under my bed. And they were none of my guns. They were my friends who I was producing for at the time, making beats for. Oh, 15 guns? Yeah. What? uh, What kind of friends you had? It it was a mess. (laughs) Yeah. And when they arrested me, um, they used that term. I had never heard the word before that. The cop used that term? Yeah, when he arrested me. They call you a uh, sand inward? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and they said that my dad was smuggling the guns from Iraq to America. Whoa. Which was the furthest from the truth. But it was weird because at the time, my mom and dad were separated, or they were going through some time, weird times. 
and I had like a little bit of confusion towards my dad. So for a second, I almost like, I don't know, it was so like weird, but, um, but I think about that time now, especially now that you talk about the, uh, the family and everything, yeah. I think about that time a lot. So that was the first time I ever heard the term. And then, uh, and then I wrote this poem. Because, but I'm not saying it as a term of endearment. Right. I'm saying it like in the negative connotation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what has been the response to that song? Well, it was very, it was a very interesting time because Dame loves it. He, that was like his, he was like, this is the song and he, he really loved it. And when we played it for Kanye, Kanye was like, yo, I love it. I want to be on it. And so I'm getting all these like super positive things. And then when we played it on, we went on Big Boy and played it on a radio station and Big Boy was a little perplexed. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and there was a few people that, that definitely had issues with it. But it opened up dialogue because I learned a lot. I learned a lot about like, and you, always, you speak about it too, about how like actually the Arabs and like um, with the slave trade, like there's a lot of stuff that I had no information yeah. on. Yeah. So I learned a lot from, there's another rapper named Talib Kweli, we had a conversation, uh, a man named GLC, who, who's one of Kanye's friends. We also had a dialogue. But, oh, and uh, you know Brother Polite? You interviewed him. He's the guy with the three wives. Oh, yeah. He's a close friend of mine. Really? Yeah. Would you like to have three wives one day? <laughs> what a mess. No way. <laughs> no way. But we also had dialogue about it. So it was very interesting to just open dialogue. And I think as artists, we should just yep. have dialogue. That's right. That's the whole point. That's right. That's amazing. Um, you know what? Because we're running out of time, I got to put, do I do the hot seat now? I got to put you on the hot seat. Amazing. Nothing like the hot seat. And I need you to respond to these questions as quickly as possible, all right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The hot seat. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Uh, is America the greatest country in the world? Yes. Are you an alpha male or beta? Beta male. Alpha. Uh, is sex love? No. Uh, do you smoke pot? No. Do you, have you ever? Have you never, ever? Never drank or did a drug in my life. How do you avoid that? God. Amazing. Is the love of money the root of all evil? Possibly. Do you support abortion? No. Do you believe we landed on the moon? I think Stanley Kubrick directed it. <laughs> in one word, Describe uh, Camilla Harris. In one word? Mess. Uh, is the earth flat? No. What's a man? Jesus. What is love? God. Did you have fun? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, man, for coming Thank on. you, brother. I told, and thanks for taking the hot seat. Yes, sir. You're a very, very interesting person to me. Because I see some black in you now. <laughs> <laughs> you sound kind of black and kind of that black sway. And, yeah. But then when you're quiet, you kind of... Uh, Can I tell you the poem? Yeah. What poem? Sanaga. Yeah. You ain't nothing but a photobomber. Cock blocker, trash talker, name dropper. 
saying nigga, saying nigga, we the new black. I mean, fuck it, we all African. I'm straight from Iraq. Screaming Mesopotamia, first human nation. Mesopotamia, first civilization. Fuck all you racists, be civil in this nation. Fuck you till you free, babe, escape from the mason. The best things in life are not things. Life is so lucid, we control our own dreams. Sign your life away, put your name up on that paper. God comes first, but being fly is second nature. Standing next to angels, playing trumpets, blowing devil horns. In perfect harmony, we forever sworn. So it's e-harmony or do the porn. Where my dogs at? Matter of fact, where them gods at? Saying nigga, saying nigga, we the new black. I mean, fuck it, we all African. I'm straight from Iraq. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so <about>, man. <laughs> Thank you. Wow, you seem so shy for all this to be coming out. <laughs> right now I do? No, not right now. Okay, cool. When you're at, at amateur service? Okay, or... I, I'm being res I want to be respectful because, again, I'm Padawan in those moments. I'm just listening. And I think it's respectful when to know the difference. Right on. This machine you say they use for me singing online? Yeah. Do I sound good? Amazing. Really? Yes. I'm going to have to listen to it. Thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to like, follow, tweet, ring the bell. Check out the merch. Amazing merch. You will love the merch. And uh, let us hear from you. Thank you again for tuning in. And thank you for coming, man. Thank you so much, sir. Amazing. Yes, sir. All right. Next time on The Fallen State. Were you called by God or did you have to go to school to be a pastor? It's a crazy supernatural story. My feet inexplicably began like burning. And I remembered that the dean of students, who was also the associate pastor, had said that she was gifted. And she got on her hands and knees and started praying in tongues. Your feet were healed? Your feet were they healed. stopped burning. What the? My purpose is to serve God. No, your purpose is to You obey. gonna tell me what my purpose is? <laughs> That's nonsense. You gonna make me walk out of this? I truly pray that in the day that you stand before Jesus Christ, that that will be a day that blesses you instead of finding your way to be antagonistic. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel? watching the fallen state we need your continued support donate to my nonprofit here subscribe and like the videos here and tell everybody and their mama about the show do this like Trump Something else, man. Thank you, man. You're so a very much. interesting guy. <laughs> you can't judge a book by looking at the cover. <laughs> How you doing?